So Chris, it's all yours. Thank you for being willing to give our devotion today. Let's pray. Our most gracious God and heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ask for much help, Lord, as we open your word and uh, and we read it. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help me to handle your word right, handle it correctly, handle it in a way that would bring glory to your name. And then, Lord, we do pray for our prayer time. We pray that you would come and meet with us, that you would fill us with thy Holy Spirit and move from seat to seat as we lift our voices to you, Lord. Oh, be with us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So if you can open your Bibles to Judges chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 22. So in Judges chapter 8, verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. I think a little context is necessary here before we make some application of these verses to us in our day and age. If you've spent much time studying the book of Judges, you'll recognize the painful, repetitive cycles of the Israelites. We can classify each cycle in Judges into four distinct stages, or what is often referred to as the four S's, sin, servitude, supplication, and salvation. In the Gideon cycle, we see sin and servitude in Judges chapter 6 and verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And then in verse 6 of the same chapter, we read of their supplication. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And for the rest of chapters 6 through 8, we see the salvation from Midian by the hand of God working through Gideon. I want to read again the verses that we began with, Judges 8, 22 to 23. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. The first thing that strikes me here is that the Israelites gave glory to a man instead of rightly praising and glorifying God who had delivered them, and not only delivered them, but in direct answer to their supplication. In verse 22, they say unto Gideon, For thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. I read this account and I'm dumbfounded. How could they give Gideon all the credit, especially when we see God's hand over every detail? Judges 6.11 says, And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. So the angel comes to Gideon, and he's hiding from the Midianites in a winepress, threshing wheat. Not a particularly valiant posture of a mighty man of valor. 
Gideon obeys the Lord and he tears down the altar of Baal and the grove that is by it. But again, not in an exactly valiant way. Chapter 7, verse 27 tells us that, quote, he did it by night um, and with 10 of his servants. And in chapter 7, verses 1 to 7, we see the Lord's hand again. As Midian heads out to take on, or as Gideon heads out to take on the Midianites, he shows up with 32,000 men. The Lord says that's too many. The number is reduced to 10,000 men by weeding out those that are fearful and afraid. The Lord again says that is too many. And through the manner in which they, and through the manner in which they drank the water, that number is now reduced to 300 men. So Gideon brought out 32,000 men and God reduced that number by 99%. The 300 men go outside the camp, not with swords and shields and other military gear, but they go out with trumpets and pitchers with lamps inside them. They blow the trumpets, break the pitchers, and what ensues is absolute chaos in the camp of the Midianites to the point that many ran, cried, and fled, and many more turned his sword against his fellow. So God clearly set up a situation where it was impossible, humanly speaking, for the Israelites to defeat their enemy of 135,000 men. And yet, when it's all said and done, the Israelites say unto Gideon, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And I think about this, don't we do the very same thing? We're in a dire situation. We cry out to the Lord. The Lord delivers us in a way that we could never have even imagined. We rejoice, but then the credit is given to ourselves or a friend or a family member, or you can fill in the blank. There's a major issue in our society, and we pray about it. We cry out to God about it. We weep over it, and God moves in the most unexpected way, and we find ourselves aligned more with the instrument used instead of the God that wielded that tool in his very hand. And I look at this and I say, how pitiful. What an affront to God. What blasphemy. Oh, God, keep us from such appalling behavior because all glory must be ascribed to God and to him alone. In Isaiah 42, 8, God says, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Isaiah 48, 11, for mine own sake, even mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Psalm 83, 18 says that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Our sinful nature clearly doesn't need to be taught to give glory to ourselves and to others. We just do it naturally. And we do it sinfully. C.H. Spurgeon said this, the holiest of Christians and those who understand best the gospel of Christ find in themselves a constant inclination to look to the power of the creature instead of looking to the power of God and the power of God alone. I think that's quite fitting. The second thing we see in this portion is that the Israelites desired to be ruled by a man. Look again, if you will, at verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also. They had just seen the hand of the Lord lead them in a miraculous way and destroy a huge army by using a tiny number of men in the most unconventional way. And they immediately tell Gideon, Rule thou over us. 
I'm so sick and tired of this in my own life and in my own way of thinking. The world's a mess. It's full of sin. There's absolute depravity, wanton wickedness on every front. No matter where we look, we see things falling apart. And how often do we subtly look to man and man's constructs to deliver us out of the pit and to lead us? We align ourselves with political parties and governmental constructs and all sorts of other stuff. We look more to the arm of flesh to do what we cannot do and can only be done by God alone. Psalm 33, 12 to 22. If you could turn to Psalm 33, we're going to look at 12 to 22. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Gideon's response to the Israelites is instructive to us today as it was then. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you. Neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. It's easy for us to say that we're following the Lord with our mouths, and yet our hearts and our actions shout out the opposite. Talk is cheap. Jesus had much to say on this topic. Matthew 15, 8 to 9, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. We can be so filled with a head knowledge of Christ that we deceive our own selves into believing that we are wholeheartedly following God and allowing him to lead us. Our minds are wonderfully designed and able to analyze and reason and calculate. And often that's our downfall. Because without continual communion with the Lord in his word and through prayer, we will only serve our own lusts. And the only way we'll be able to look and to trust God to lead us and avoid looking to the arm of flesh is that we must know him and we must spend time with him. We must spend copious amounts of time with him and we must commune with him through reading his word and through prayer. We must be with the Lord. Oh, Christian, away with the vanities of this world. Stop wasting the precious time the Lord has given us on this earth with the cares of this world and stop looking to the creature for our deliverance. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Our lives are fleeting. Our time is so very short. It is indeed like a vapor from a teapot, visible for a moment and gone the next. Only what is done for Christ will have any lasting significance. 
And like that vapor, my time here is drawing short. I want to look at one final point in this account. The Israelites gave their worship to an idol. The account of Gideon is just a great example of one small man being used mightily by God as an instrument of his righteousness. And we see in Gideon example after example of him being obedient to God and having a sincere desire to follow him. But we also see a warning in Judges 8 verses 24 to 27. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey. For they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, we will willingly give them. And they spread a garment and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold besides ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian and beside the chains that were about their camel's necks. And Gideon made an ephod himself and put it in his city, even in Ophrah. And all Israel went thither a whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. We have to be very careful of dwelling on, our, on the past successes of the Lord, for that very thing can turn into an idol. Israel was delivered from the hand of the Midianites in stunning fashion, and the spoils from that victory was great. And Gideon wants to commemorate that and provide a visible memorial of what the Lord had done. The problem was the Lord told him not to do it, or the Lord did not tell him to do it. So he makes an ephod covered with 1,700 shekels of earrings once belonging to his enemies. In today's terms, that amounted to nearly 43 pounds of gold or almost $1.3 million in today's uh, currency. But like I said, God had not told him to do it. And he did. And we see in verse 27 that all Israel went a whoring after it. The item that was supposed to remind Israel of what the Lord had done quickly turned into an idol of worship. How easily can we do the exact same thing without giving glory to God and everything and being ruled by God? We'll turn to the arm of flesh and we'll build idols to go a whoring after. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. God save us from ourselves. Amen.